Thank you all for joining me. Uh, this is RPG Talk. I changed the name because there were a bunch of shows called Tabletop Talk or Table Talk, so yeah, we're going to go with RPG Talk from now on. I'm your host, Gabe. This is where we talk about people's D&D characters, you know, the design behind them, why they made the choices they did, and kind of a psychological deep dive, if you will. With me today is my guest, Peyton. Say hello. Hello. And we are here to talk about Tark Eamon. The infamous, apparently. Uh, very infamous. The wily, very methodical, dangerous... Why does everyone have to say that? Because that's what everyone does say. You don't say it, but everybody else does. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Your reputation isn't what you, what you make, it's what everyone else makes of it. Well, as long as the NPCs like me. That's uh, because they're too stupid to know any better. Uh, so we'll just dive right into it. Uh, Peyton, uh, you've had a lot of experience playing Dungeons & Dragons, Cyberpunk, you know, tabletop RPGs in general. Yeah, yeah, ever since I was, I think, 12. And have you always had characters that are like Tark? Uh, as far as, like... No. No? Because you mostly play uh, the Barbarians. Yeah, I I play. Uh, you know, they say every character you make is like yourself in a way or an aspect of yourself. That's uh, that's that's kind of true and uh, kind of not. Cause most of most of the characters I play are a bit psychotic. Uh, to be fair, some people call me psychotic, but uh, don't know who those people are. It's yeah. me. I'm people. Yeah, uh, but Tark was. Very much the opposite of myself. He didn't hold grudges. Uh, he didn't get emotional about, you know, questions or problems. He just... Well, he just handled things. Yeah. Which, you know, saying he's the opposite of me is probably an insult, but it's the <laughs> truth. So, we'll get through, again, the boring stuff, uh... What, what was Tark as far as race, class, subclass, background, things like that? Uh, well, uh, so that's an interesting story. Uh, where we started out, uh, we were in a swamp. Uh, it was when I was rolling with the hashtag YOLO squad back when they loved me. Uh, Tark Eamon was just a character I made relatively quickly because uh, I was just invited. Because I was just sitting in on the session. They were like, hey, you want to play? And I'm like... Yeah, yeah, I do, because I, I, I like tabletop games. So I put Tark together relatively quickly. I was looking through all the characters. I tied it on a half-orc. That orc and Excuse me, orc and resilience. Orc and resilience does come in handy, especially with Tark, because uh, it is very low armor class. Anyways, uh, and then I was reading through the classes, and I'm like, Warlock. Because pretty much the entire table was covered for every other class. We had good team composition. you know. Well-rounded. Yeah. We had the skill monkey, we had the tank, we had the uh, healer, and we had the control. So I could pretty much play anything. So I was like, okay, we'll play, uh, play Warlock. So then I was looking at the subclasses. And I actually wanted to make a Warlock... Uh, of like the undead of the undying yeah because now there are two different 
ones. There's the undead and there's the undying. Yeah. Undying uh, is from uh, Sword Coast, I believe. Yeah, you wanted the one where uh, once you hit, like, was it level level 20, you can lose your head and then just put it back on and be fine. I, I don't think it's level 20. I think it's, like, level 14, but, yeah. Still pretty powerful. Oh, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, I think it's uh, cinematic. And uh, I thought it would uh, be a good... Uh, Stand in. So Tark was almost a very, very different character. Yeah. But um, apparently he didn't have like the Sword Coast book. Uh, and we didn't want to look it up, I guess. Uh, so I just went with the player's handbook. Me. Yeah. And I became a warlock of uh, the Great Old Ones. Yeah. A very, very Lovecraftian. Very. Um, so I was looking at the warlock stuff. And uh, I had got an idea in my mind of how I wanted this character to play out. His patron uh, was named Steve. Yeah, and, and to that, did you just decide in that moment, you know, Steve would be a good kind of guy, or did you go through, like, a list of, like, oh, who would be good, who would be fun? I, I did not go through a list. Oh. At the very beginning, like, is in the first session, we didn't have a patron picked out because, of course, you know, that's background stuff, and it takes a bit of time to come up with it. Yeah. So I, we just went with old one, and then as we went down the line to further sessions, we worked out uh, who Steve was. Okay. And uh, explain who Steve is. Yeah, Steve is an eldritch entity that appears as a man, at least to most people. Uh, he resides in a room, uh, in a plane of existence, as far as I'm aware, his own. Okay. And Steve collects things. He's the reason things go missing, and at the end of all things, he has a list of things that will be transported to him as and be part of his collection. Is is Steve an actual Lovecraftian person, deity? I believe so. I believe Ruben uh, found him out and was like, yeah, he's like an actual character from Lovecraftian lore. And for those of you who don't know, Ruben is Rudy. Rudy's just a name he goes by. Yeah, Ruben, Ruby, Rudy. Um, what the hell's his actual name? Ruben. That's his real name? That's his real name. I thought his name was shortened for some. Nope, his name is Ruben. I'm going to have to name my son after a sandwich. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Uh, so, so, getting back to it. Uh, did you... So you let Rudy, the DM, pick your patron. Yeah. What what kind of direction did you give him to pick your patron? Uh, pretty much none. Okay. At the at that moment. Okay, so he had free reign, and you just kind of went with what he decided. Yeah, he decided it, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, I think for the character that's really good." But getting back to the basics, we were talking about. Uh, I uh, I looked at everything that Tark could be, and I was like, "Okay, he's going to be this politician." Okay. And I distinctly remember the DM being uh, Rudy uh, going, there is no such thing as a politician build. And I'm be like, I just made one. Yeah, You, you were determined to prove him wrong. Uh, yeah, and uh, that determination paid off, I suppose. Diligency, uh, what can I say? It, it did. Uh, so so is, there, is there a politician you wanted to model him after? Anyone in particular or just in general? Um, probably Boss Tweed, I think, would be the closest example Though Boss Tweed wasn't much of a politician. More of a businessman? Uh, no, he was just incredibly a corrupt official. He is literally quoted saying, 
I only have an office so that I have an official place to take bribes. And Tark wasn't exactly Bosch Swede, but Tark was definitely a corrupt politician. That was his yeah. whole motif. Exactly. He would he would do things that would benefit him specifically. Yeah. Or or in certain situations, the party. Because generally, you know, what's good for the party is good for Tark. Empowering the party empowered Tark. This is true. Okay. So, uh, after that was just the background, and I chose uh, a researcher. The um, academic background, which just gave me uh, advantages on researching things. Yeah, investigations and, I think, arcane. Yeah. And then, um, from there, we just... uh, I just started rolling with it. And, uh, yeah, I took a book of ancient secrets... Mm-hmm. I took the thing that made it to where I don't have to sleep. I believe it's called Aspect of the Moon. And I took uh, Beguiling Influence, which gave me proficiency in the other two speech uh, checks. So uh, I was proficient. Persuasion and uh, deception? Yeah. So I was proficient in insight, persuasion, deception, intimidation, uh, arcane. Investigation. And investigation, if I recall correctly. Yeah. I was a, a pretty smart cookie. And, yeah. I, and I also took, for my feats, I took cooking, because Ruben at that time had a cooking feat that he invented. Yep. And I believe I was the only one to ever take it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I used it to, yeah, pretty much ingratiate myself to anyone. And then uh, I also took Tenacious, because... Uh, More yeah. HP is always good. Yeah. That's what it literally says. Uh, make sure your speed, your... Well, I'm sorry. Your pers- not your persuasion. Charisma. Make sure your charisma is your highest stat, followed by constitution. And I was like, no problem. Con is my favorite stat. Yeah, it is. M- more con means more likely to live. Yeah. And helps with concentration spells. Which, as a warlock, I'm pretty sure Tark had a fair number. Because he had, what, two spell slots, and then he moved up to three. Um, well, actually, no. How, how does the old one work? It's two for the longest time, and then I think when you get to, like, level nine, it's three. And then when you get to, like, level... Like, 16, it's 4. Okay. And then at, like, level 11 or 10, you start getting uh, a Mystic Arcana. Yeah. Uh, level 9, I believe it is. Yeah. Or, no, I think it's level 11, you get Mystic Arcana. So, what was what was Tark's beginning goal when he joined the group? Like, we were in the swamp. Uh, they had just got done uh, messing around. Uh, they went to a brothel, and they heard about this guy that living out in the swamp who, quote-unquote, worked at the brothel, that being Tark. Okay. And then uh, they went out there to meet me. They found my shack. I was being besieged by some bullywugs. Oh, bullywugs. Uh, and uh, they kicked the crap out of them. Uh, I shot them from my shack with my Eldritch Blast. Ah, perfect spell. Great spell. Wonderful spell. And then, uh, and then uh, we met, we talked. They were going to go and investigate this witch that lived in the area. Okay. And I said, I'll come with you. So your, your goal in the beginning was to get rid of this witch, because I'm assuming she encroached on your territory or things like that. Uh, no, she, I believe uh, she had a magic item that we wanted. Um, okay. Anyways, yeah, I... I, I didn't have anything personal against the witch. 
We then uh, got on a boat. We get out there. There's like a mist surrounding it. I, of course, having access to third level spell slots, did not take fireball. Did not take any offensive spell. I took dispel magic and counterspell because I have big brain. Yeah, which is really it. You dispelled the mist, I'm assuming. Yeah, dispelled the mist. We rode out there. We talked. I tricked her into taking my book, which I could magically summon back to myself. And okay. then uh, we left. Uh, she had a, she also had a big frog monster. That was really cool. A frog hemoth? No, it wasn't a frog hemoth. Just oh, okay. a big frog monster. Oh, just a big frog. Okay. And then uh, we left again. I dispelled the frog again. And, of course, my spells come back in an hour, so no big deal. Yeah, no no real consequence. Uh, warlocks should use their spells as often as they can. Yeah. Because that's kind of their whole gimmick. Exactly. So, um, you you do this quest, you help them, and they're like, Yeah, this guy's pretty cool. He's useful. He's he's smart. I am. We, we need him in the group. How was joining the group? Like, what was that like? Because, I mean, I, I know stories about, quote-unquote, hashtag yellow. They are, for those of you who don't know, they are the, quote-unquote, big hero group of uh, Rudy's homebrew world, which most of us play in. Oh, yeah. They're the originals. And uh, they get a lot of TLC. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have any trouble joining. Basically, um... They, uh, they just kind of offered it, and I was like, yeah, I, I've wrapped up everything in my local area. Yeah, I live, I live in the swamp. Things I've, could get better. I'm ready to come with you. No, I, I was there for Steve. Okay, so you didn't live in the swamp. You just happened to be in the swamp. Yeah. Okay. It's a temporary abode. Business. Okay. Yeah, not, I didn't live there for pleasure, that's for sure. So I guess, what is, what is your goal? That You brought up Steve again. What is your goal with Steve, as far as Tark's goal? So, Tark... Uh, his backstory is a, is a relatively small one. Uh, he was an ordinary half-orc raider, just kind of hanging out with his other orc pals. Uh, they came across this big old pile of books, and uh, Tark, Tark got pissed off because he, he just couldn't read any of them. As, as, as orcs kind of do. Uh, no, no. Or, orcs can read, typically. No, but where's the fun in that? Uh, it's uh, it's honestly surprisingly fun to play an illiterate character. My character Hunk is illiterate. Yeah, and it's nice to just point at like the in sign and be like, "That's the in," and it's like, "How do you know?" Uh, it's uh, you know, it's got the same picture. It has the shape, the shape of the in sign. Yeah, right there. Just like that one over there is uh, the brothel. Yeah, no, no, it's the one with the spindle. <laughs> the tailor. It's the tailor shop. Yeah. Anyways. Back to Tark. Uh, yeah, so Tark was like, damn it, I, someone give me the knowledge to read this. And uh, apparently Steve answered and was like, hey, I could show you how to read that. Yeah. And that's why the first the first thing I took was Eyes of the Runekeeper, which let me to read anything. Yeah, and it's, it's a phenomenal uh, Eldritch invocation because it becomes so useful yeah, it really does. You can communicate with anyone so long as you can, as long as they can write their language. You can be like, uh huh, okay. Yeah, and and it it, it helps circumnavigate uh, certain puzzles too. Yeah, certain ones. Yeah, certain ones. And then, uh, yeah, Tark, Tark started traveling with them. Tark got the knowledge from Stephen. He became the refined gentleman that he was. Uh, he, yeah, you know, he had. Uh, 
He had flaws, of course. I gave him the flaws of uh, any politician. He had a thing for hookers. Uh, you know, got good drink, uh, cigars. Uh, and that was the only time he ever really slept. Uh, which was basically the only time he was really weak. Was when he was partying. Yeah, partying, basically. Yeah. But, so, what, what, again, what was his goal with Steve? His goal with Steve? He just worked for Steve. He just, yeah, so anything Steve wanted, Steve got. Yeah, Steve, Steve was Tark's boss. He and was, it was it was a good relationship and, then. And, yeah, oh yeah, because because you get I, some warlocks that have kind of a a not so great relationship with their patron, but yours yours was a very very good one. Very good one, Steve. Steve basically gave me a job, and I knew what Steve wanted, and I did it. And uh, that's uh, that. What I say would be a, a very strong aspect of Tark is that uh, Tark would do the job regardless of like. Moral implications, like he did uh, kill a, a player character. Yeah. Uh, uh, for for Steve specifically. Which uh, which which player character was that? Oh, it was this paladin uh, war machine. I forget what it was. Oh, oh, that was my character, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it, it took it, it took a while for uh, Ruben to just come out and say it, but it yeah. Eventually, me and you got him in the room and Co cornered him. Yeah, and we were like, and I asked him, it's like, does Steve want him for good? And uh, he said, yes, Steve would. And I'm like, okay, I kill your character. Yep, and I'm, I am forever Steve's uh, little statue man now. Yeah, rough life. It happens. So, I mean, Tark probably would have ended up killing you anyway because you were a danger. Yeah, uh, Warforged. Uh, no, because you, you wanted to make war, more Warforges. Yeah. Which Tark saw as an exponential problem. That was another thing. Tark was very good, big about protecting the world. He was very pragmatic. Yeah. If the world dies, then... He stops getting stuff for Steve. Yeah. Steve stops getting stuff. And Steve wants to keep doing that for as long as possible. So the world must be protected. Yep. So Tark made very... Uh, very pragmatic decisions when it came to protecting the world. Yeah. Uh, you know, from anyone that was going to change the status quo which actually goes into the background uh quest that we did for tark which uh, i'm sure we'll get to yeah. so would you say tark is a, a good guy he saves he saves the realm no no okay out of game no tark tark is not a good person by far he's, I mean, <laughs> he's a he's he's a politician um, so he's inherently evil you could say that yeah <laughs> Uh, Tark, 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 Tark pursues public goals for his own personal gain. So, so, but Tark cares about public opinion of himself. Absolutely. Tark, Tark was inv incredibly controlling of how people perceived him. Okay. So, so he liked the fact that people thought of him as a hero because it, it, it opened doors. I let him do pretty much whatever. Like, like is a strong term. Like, Tark recognized that being liked by the realm was more beneficial than being hated. For, for the fact, again, like, it, it let him just basically walk in and say, hey, I'm here on hero business. And they're like, oh, great. Do yeah. whatever. Uh, Tark showed up places, people opened doors. Yeah. And it, 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 didn't, it didn't hurt that he was part of the premier adventuring group. Yes, they, they loved him. And uh, would you say the rest of the party loved Tark? 
Uh, they did for quite a while. Okay. They, they, uh, I don't know if love is, love is probably too strong a word, but they definitely, they definitely fucking were like, yeah, Tark. Tark's, Tark's pretty great. Glad he's on our team. Yeah. yeah. So, what were some early game moments of Tark's that really stick out in your mind? Early game? Oh, yeah. Uh, so we adventured for a bit. Uh, we, uh, got back to the adventuring hall, which was in, um, it's not White Run, but it's, uh, essentially white run yeah it's this uh, cold but you know winter night... winter run i think it's winter run yeah i think that's what he called it uh not to say what <clears throat> what that's inspired by but uh, no no one could guess yeah no one could guess deep lore deep lore yeah anyways uh show up there they have like this they have an apple orchard uh they have a shack and i remember specifically because before this they had saved a uh, a merchant king from the dwarves, if I think. And he offered them, like, oh, what do you guys want? And uh, they got, like, a tricked-out carriage. Okay. And I remember... A sweet ride. Yeah, they got a sweet ride. And I remember, out of game, audibly laughing when I heard that. Because that was such a absolute squandering of, of what could have been given. Okay, well, well, what would Tark have asked for? Oh, geez. I, I don't know. Magic weapons, uh, magic artifacts. Uh, a lucrative deal with the Merchant King? Yes, yeah, so, some long-term benefit uh, trade agreement. Especially considering that uh, we come to learn that they had, like, an apple orchard. They could have had a whole trade deal worked out. Um, what so was I, what was so cool about this sick ride, though? I mean, I was, maybe, maybe it is worth it. It was like this reinforced carriage. It was designed to get pulled by a hippo, which uh, the group had a pet hippo. Um, you know, it was, it was like golden laid and stuff. It was, it was uh, definitely a tricked out carriage. It could carry everybody. Okay. So it was, it was more of, um, everyone could be carried in it with a hip, with your pet hippo pulling it, but I mean, it was also meant to, to show off, you I know, mean, we're hashtag yo, look at us. Yeah. Yeah. It had their emblem on the side, which was of course a hashtag. Um, would have been, that would have been maybe a sound investment later on in the venturing career, but not at the beginning. Okay. I mean, if they were having it as a mobile base, yeah, but they already had, like, a guild house. Yeah. At the time I joined. So, you know, it was, it, it, to me, it was just hilarious that, they, that, I wouldn't say they squandered it, but that they spent their money so uh, rashly. Yeah. Um, Instead of something that would have been either big or long-term benefits, they got just something that was an immediate benefit. Well, yeah, uh, Anyways, it's it's just it was hilarious. Uh, Tark, of course, didn't laugh. No, Tark, Tark has no sense of humor. He does. Tark, Tark's not devoid of emotions. He's just very reserved, clinical. Okay. In his uh, in his perception of things, he sees things at a distance. Okay. Yeah. You know, the 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 you know, thousand yard glance. You know what what can you take from a situation from just looking at it? Yeah. But. Uh, Continuing, I found out that they had like a guild house, uh, they had an orchard, and none of this stuff, and they had like a distillery, if I recall correctly, that none of this stuff that they have refurbished or used. It's it, just, it's just there. They just owned it. And I'm like, this is, that's just an absolute waste of uh, stuff. and uh, Resources. I, uh, I said, okay, all this stuff has to be refurbished. We started, uh, we started a... Uh, Basically, uh, 
selling the apples, and then we started fermenting them into uh, ale. And uh, that's how the whole business started it. They called it, um, like, uh, Snapper's Apple Ale, because we also had a... A goblin. A goblin. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say pet. No, you ran into him in an encounter, from my understanding, and then you uh, effectively made him a prisoner and kept him until he became friendly. I did not do that. You you were there. It was the... No, I wasn't. Oh! That was like, I believe the very first encounter they had was like an overturned cart. Not their cart, but an overturned cart. On the road. Oh, yes, because they were doing the... Yeah, Rubik's, I, Rubik shows up, says, I loot. That was the first thing he said in the whole game, was uh, I loot. And uh, they basically were attacked by goblins, and uh, they ended up keeping one of them. They beat the holy hell out of him. And then uh, Mayumi... Uh, the healer. The healer of the group, uh, like, took pity on him, and then he got, like, Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. And uh, they named him Snappers. I don't think that was his actual name. But he forgot what his name was eventually. I'm willing to bet he did. Like, I mean, if he had a name, it's gone now. Yeah. He's, he's whatever he was before, he is Snappers now. Yep. And I, n this is a bit of a segue here, but Snappers is absolutely beloved by the party now. Yeah. And I mean... Beloved. He has better magical equipment than the player characters. His armor, his weapons, his ammo are all like plus two. And it was all paid for by the group. And if something were to happen to Snappers, they would burn down the nation for it. They, they have uh, strictly said, and I believe, I believe it has happened in the past, that they, have, they, they will resurrect Snappers regardless of the cost. And, yeah, Snappers has literally gained levels. Yeah, he's he's effectively, what, a level 10 fighter? Yeah, he's, he's you know, he's pre pretty tough. And I'm glad I joined the group before they made... Their, their initiation. Then, because there's a new initiation where you have to fight Snappers and win. Uh, but you're not allowed to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> you have to fight Snappers and win in order to join the group. And <laughs> Snappers... Snappers, um... If I recall correctly, he he killed he almost killed Lockett, and uh, they decided I think they decided Hunk didn't have to fight him, because uh, Hunk would have absolutely crushed him. Yeah, and they didn't want to see that. But uh, yeah, Snappers Snappers is a tough fight. Yeah, and it's going to get to the point where he's going to be impossible for a lower level to join. But anyways, back to the uh, story at hand. Uh, I my character started taking. Um, control of the books yeah and everybody at the table is fine with that yeah why not you're you were the most pensive and intelligent character there as far as well actually no i my intelligence wasn't super high i think my intelligence was a 14 well as as you played the character you played him very intelligent yes i played him quite intelligent yeah whereas everyone else was just you were more about you know the world and how the world can work as far as I like business wise goes. You had you had a mind for business, whereas everyone else had kind of, uh, you know, we're we're trying to better our characters. Yeah, I mean, the, they were classic adventurers. They they wanted treasure. They wanted loot. Me, I was thinking long term. Yeah, uh, and that worked out. I mean, Snapper's Apple Ale is now the like number one selling ale in all of uh, in all of the like West. Yeah. 
or east. We're in the east. east it's all yeah. the east. And then uh, it's like closely followed by hippo drool. Which is another one of uh, hashtag Yolo's fine beverages. Fine beverages. Hippo's drool. I think it's watermelon flavored. Yeah. And uh, again, you know, that all happened because I took over the books. I started putting money in the right hands. Got I gre- Greasing all the right palms. I started negotiating, uh, quote unquote negotiating. Most of this was uh, like background noise. Yeah. I just, you know, told uh, Ruben what I wanted to do. And my character is significantly skilled. So, that the, some rules weren't needed, they just happened. Yeah, I was just like, I, I go and I negotiate. And uh, background background noise slash background stuff is uh, kind of how Tark got in trouble. So, yeah, uh, sure, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get to that. But uh, yeah, uh, that's that's kind of what happened. I Everything got refurbished. We started getting income. Yeah, and significant income too. Yeah, it, it, it snowballed. It kept going up. Yeah. Nothing but profits. Yeah. And uh, as as Tart got more and more along, uh, after that we uh, we did some other adventuring. We ended up we had this uh, we had this dark elf wizard that we were going against, who was being a right prick. Uh, he ended up uh, we ended up going to a city, and I took full advantage of. Uh, the fact that my spells come back in an hour because I would turn myself, I would turn, I would turn people like invisible and then I would t- cast fly and we would scout throughout the town. And we found out that there was a city, basically a city, a giant castle, floating above the city. Okay. And this is uh, one of the, this is one of two cities that I'm out of game responsible of destroying. Ah, uh, Yes. Uh, so we um, we go over there. We do all this stuff. We actually had a rewind because uh, we accidentally went further in than we meant to because we were going to talk to this dwarf king that was there. Okay. And uh, we didn't. F- I guess uh, it was all going so f- so quickly that we we didn't realize that we overstepped our bounds and we were we were talking and then and Ruben was like, "Okay, you guys, you guys have a you guys." He has this rule where it's like we can do a rewind. We're only gonna do it once, and it's like, and everyone at the table was like, "Yeah, let's do a rewind." And I, I, I was uh, quote unquote escaping the situation. Yeah, because I had turned myself invisible and was ditching, which at that time no one had a problem with. Unlike later, where they had a problem with it. Yeah, and that's another thing we'll get to. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, we rewind. We went back, and then instead of this time, and said, "All right, we're not going to negotiate." Uh, we all had a bad premonition. Yeah, unquote. yeah. The rewind allows you to keep kind of instead the knowledge of what happened. Instead, we went up. We went up to uh, the castle above us. Okay. As we discovered, it was there, and we went up there. This is where Rubik's absolutely went crazy. Well, he didn't go crazy. He, we found out that the the callers could uh, control the slaves that were in the uh, castle. Okay. And you had to speak a specific language. I think it was Goblin. And Rubik spoke it, so he just took control of all the slaves, and we ju- he just had them march through traps. And, okay. And uh, they uh, they died, of course. Yeah, because they they're they're slaves. They're commoners. Yeah, I mean they died. 
They have what five hit points? Yeah, like four. Yeah. Like low low tier commoners, four high tier, like ten. Yeah, and then like, as far as Rubik's was concerned, a resource well used. Yeah, I mean Tark. Tark recognized the advantage of such a position, and they were on a timetable. So yeah. we went up, and we found this swirling pool of energy, and we found people tossing gems into it. My character and me went, okay, this is what's powering the uh, facility. Yeah. Uh, in the namesake of hashtag yellow, not exactly, but I looked at them and go like, that needs to stop. Have them stop tossing things in there. Fully acknowledging the fact uh, that, that yeah. this will cause the castle to fall. Um, you know, YOLO, you only live once. Yeah. I was under the assumption that we could uh, get things done in time, but that didn't, quote-unquote, happen. Yeah, it didn't pan out the way you hoped. We get up there. The fight starts. I'm, I'm very careful with my spells. Uh, I, when, I, when I pick my spells, I pick spells that have little to no component cost. Uh, I would pick spells that just worked. Yeah. Uh, I I did pick concentration spells, but I tend to steer clear of them. Yeah. Uh, purely because I have so few spells that I just want to cast spells that function. Yeah. And then that's it. Uh, so we got up there, and I think the first thing I did was cast Dispel Magic. Okay. And then uh, I ended up casting Fly, because I was holding back on a spell. And then I think I spent an inspiration to cast Counterspell. But he had these pillars of magical stuff that gave him abilities. This uh, I forget the his name because I'm I'm very bad with names. Yeah, that's fine. Bad guy at the moment. Yeah, big bad elf wizard. We had a couple encounters with him beforehand. This was like the final showdown. Yeah, as you yeah. build up to a big bad encounter. And then, uh, needless to say, the castle fell out of the sky, crushed the town beneath it. You were flying, so. Oh no, I died. Oh, interesting. Everyone did. Oh. Everyone died. Uh, so did the wizard. He got, uh, he got, specifically, he was pile drivered from uh, the clouds down and was killed by um, Anakis, if I recall correctly. Who at that time had her spring boot knife, which I thought was pretty fun, but she ended up steering away from that. Yeah. Anyways. So everyone dies. Everyone died. We get resurrected by uh, King Midas. Uh, in recognition of what we did, you know, saving the world or the entire East from uh, from this madman wizard. Yeah. I don't think he knew that we caused the castle to fall. And um, I, no one at that time thought of how it was Tark that told them to stop. Uh, yeah. Shoveling fuel in. And... Uh, Everyone else didn't want to mention that it was us. So. Yeah, didn't want to get in trouble. Yeah, just wanted the acolytes. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So, uh, we uh, we all got resurrected, and uh, we took a took a short, you know, vacation. Yeah, hiatus, a beach beach trip, as you were beach episode. Yeah, yeah. Then we uh, we got back to it. Uh, we ended up traveling to another town, and we saved one of the smaller kings. Uh, who was a king wizard. Okay. Get out of here, fly. Anyways, uh, and uh, there was a co combine demon? Cambian demon. Cambian demon. Yep. 
that had uh, taken control of the kingdom in his stead, saying, oh, the king is very sick. The king is very sick. Yeah. And uh, she was the ruling regent in his place. So there were rebels. They were called the Black Hats, I think. Okay. Who I I killed one uh, because he tried to kill us. Yeah. Tark was very... uh, There's, There's no gray area in certain situations. Not exactly. Tark was just merciless. Um, uh, I believe it was more an example of, you know, we are both capable and willing of killing you. So then uh, Tark went Tark went ahead and took over their um, intrigue, their cloak and dagger stuff, started looking through messages and stuff, and then Tark went into the field as an acting agent. He basically played the orc tough guy. Yeah. Even though he was not. No. Didn't have the strength or... But he had the charisma to convince anyone. Yeah. We, uh, uh, I, I acted up the role really good uh, to the point where Ruben was like, yeah, if you, if, you, if you say and do stuff correctly, you won't have to make a role. And that's what I did. And he even gave me accolades about that to, to the whole group out of the game, which was very nice of him. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, I, uh, I played that up. Uh, as I was like this, tra- this traveling orc tough guy that came to town, and I started turning members of our rebel alliance in. People who were uh, willing to die for the cause, and so I, quite frankly, sacrificed them like the pawns they were. Yeah. And uh, I got in good with the captain of the guard, and using that we got into the castle, and then we, we got further in, and then Mayumi made a daring play. Yeah. Uh, where she snuck snuck into the castle, snuck into the king's room, and cast like a high level, like restoration on him, and basically woke him up. So he shows up. The guards that are with the current regent, this Cambian demon who was yeah. in disguise, of course. of course. Um, and then there was the old guard that was loyal. Yeah. And uh, I made a educated gamble having one of the... Oh, by the way, our our spy, our spy hideout rebel base got discovered. And uh, I was under the impression there was no backup place, but there was, apparently. Yeah. So I was... At first, I'm like, all right, guys, we just need to leave and come back with reinforcements. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, what about the people here? And it's like, they're fucked. Well, what about them? Yeah, it's like, they are fucked. They're, they don't want to leave with us. We can't save them. Yeah. But then I learned, oh, there's a background... There's like a there's like a backup base and it's like this, you know, two shit box fucking fishing village. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I didn't know there was a backup. Oh yeah, we can go there. So we go there. Next thing we know, you know, freaking uh, I'm doing scry and like arcane eye to spy on the castle and stuff. Uh, I end up taking like some psychic damage from something. And I inform Ruben, uh, oh, yeah, I, well, I take half, and uh, the person who caused me psychic damage takes full damage. <laughs> and he, he, he just kind of chuckled and marked it down. Because uh, that's one of the benefits of being a, the a great, great old, old one. one, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, we, uh, we end up re- regrouping, and we decide, okay, full-out assault. And we assault them. Uh, I we take I take a gamble of having one of the members that was in town go up to a guard 
and say, you know, uh, you know, like for the king. Yeah. And uh, basically, Reuben just rolled the dice and saw if like, all right, uh, we'll see if he just gets killed by some, you know, loyalist or by some, uh, you know, Cambian demon loyalist. Yeah. He ends up. It ends up the guard he approached was loyal. So, good gamble. But I was perfectly fine with him dying. So. Yeah. Anyways. Tark is not above sacrificing people for a good plan. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So then uh, we assault the castle. We walk into the room. The Cambia demon's there. She, like, puts down a fat sack of gold. I think it was, like, I don't know, it was, like, 3,000 gold or something like that. Okay. And then uh, we're talking, and I go, and uh, I explain, like, you know, this is a reasonable offer. You know, uh, thank you for your gracious opportunity. And I cast Dispel Magic on her. And yeah. That started the combat, and uh, her magic equipment was, you know, temporarily ineffective. And then, uh, yeah, the fight just broke out. We end up killing her. Uh, Rubix keeps getting up in that combat, which was really funny. He got knocked down, he'd get up again. Yeah. He'd attack, get knocked, knocked down, down, get back up again. Attack. He was... Oh, she, the the boss was getting exceptionally pissed with him. Oh, as as they would. Yeah, and anyways, uh, we end up winning. And before, like, the Loyalist Guards show up and before the Wizard King shows up, I discreetly take the bribe. Yeah, because it's she, still there. Yeah, I pocket it. And, uh, you know, we go to the reward ceremony and... The, uh, Reuben, of course, as the King Wizard mentions, like, yeah, there's... Quite a bit of money missing from the treasury, but, you know, we will recover. Yeah. And, and uh, we were offered accolades and stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, and if I recall correctly, they uh, had the cart souped up again, which was pretty funny. Yeah, well, but they love the cart. It's, it's their ride. Because uh, uh, the cart actually got damaged by a ballista and had to, <laughs> it stopped moving. I, I imagine that upset them greatly. Yeah, the, the cart now is, I believe, plated with, like, adamantite it is actually technically like indestructible yeah and uh it's still pulled by a fucking hippo fiona beautiful yeah. fucking beast yeah. pink hippo to be specific yeah. not, not a regular hippo pink yeah very good hippo and uh and they give me shit for playing a pink character there was a pink that, hippo there, there's there's a there's a key difference there and that'll come up in a different conversation uh, okay okay anyways after that, there's a short break, and I believe I start playing a different character, Shugar. Yeah, Tark went off to do his own business. Well, Tark, Tark did business at the guild house. And yeah. That's where a lot of the background stuff started coming up, where I start setting up my personal study. Okay. Uh, so beneath uh, the guild hall, uh, guild hall, guild house, whatever you want to call it, yeah. I built a little, little getaway. Yeah, a little private study. A little well, a getaway. And then beneath that, I built uh, my private study. My, my uh, The actual study. Well, yeah, for me. Yeah. The one above it was actually for the whole group. Yeah. Uh, even though they uh, ended up, like, fireballing the whole damn thing. Yeah. Uh, which was hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, another another funny part of that is uh, Ruben, Ruben uh, read the sheet that I gave him for it. Yep. But I believe I I don't know if he did or not. I believe he forgot to flip it over and read the back. Yeah. Because I had a pretty a pretty good description of each room and hallway. Yeah. But I think he only read the front. 
because I remember mentioning it to him, and then I, I swear I remember seeing him flip it over. And go, huh. And, and he didn't go, he just like nodded and then looked back. <laughs> it made, made me think it was his first time looking at it. So what was, I guess, what was the purpose of uh, the, the, the secret one and then the actual secret one? Well, um, the secret one was uh, if the group ever needed to hide or uh, hide somebody. It was also, you know, a place of uh, private meetups for me and other people that the group didn't know about. <laughs> for more shady dealings. Yeah. Back office deals. Makes sense. It was, uh, yeah, it was purely, purely business venture. And, uh, yeah, I basically paid for it all with what you could interpret as embezzling, but it technically isn't. Well, we'll, we'll come back to the embezzling later, because I know there's something that happens there. Sure. Or, technically not. I was in charge of finances. I spent money. I made more money than I spent. What's the issue? And then the super secret one was... Yeah, that was my, that was my private, private place. And, uh, yeah, it's just where I did, like, Eldrick's experiments, you know. Oh, uh, what, what kind of experiments? Oh, you know, weird stuff, imbuing flies with sentiency. Because technically Tark was insane. Te yeah. okay. a, a very technical level. Let's, uh, let's, let's explain the insanity before we go back to the uh, Eldritch experiments. Uh, so, in his bargaining with Steve, uh, Tark wanted to understand all things. Uh, in particularly books and the written word. Okay. So he was given the understanding of all things. He saw everything for what it could be. Basically meaning, whenever he looked at something... It would physically change in front of him, and then it would revert back and change again. So, you know, I could look at someone, and in one second they look like a bug person, and then they look like nothing, and then they go back to being themselves. And when, I believe, Anakis saw through Tark's eyes... Yeah, that was that was a moment I've heard about, yeah, where yeah. you guys had to link minds. Yeah, and that's when, uh, in character, she figured out, oh, like, Tark... Tark is technically not well, but again, Tark has understanding of all things. Tark understands what he sees is what it's subject to change. It's not what it actually is. Yeah. So Tark isn't crazy because he fully understands how his mind works. Okay. He's not he's not confused by his perceptions around himself. He So he's he's the kind of crazy that knows he's crazy. He's not crazy. You, uh, he has insanity, technically. Techn mechanically. Mechanically, he has an insanity, but it's in technically entirely null and void. It's just like, uh, you ever watch that movie, Beautiful Minds? Uh, once in my psychology class in high school. Okay, at the end of the film, he understands that the three people he's been seeing are apparitions of his mind. So, despite the fact he still sees them, he just doesn't acknowledge them anymore okay so he yeah i know he's crazy but he's technically fine and that's the same thing with tark tark he sees everything around him for what it could be and what it has become in the past and will be in the future but he understands that in that moment it is not that okay uh, how did that how did anarchist seeing that change the group 
uh, as far as their how they thought of Tarkin interacted with Tarkin. Well, that that came about, I believe, when uh, when we did Tark's uh, backstory quest, which uh, occurred shortly after they came back from the Underdark, and okay. I was done playing Shigar. And the reason I switched to Shigar was uh, uh, temporary. Tark had business. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, going back to the original question as for my secret, secret base. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a place Tark did Eldrick's experiments and uh, hatched little schemes. And it was also where he kept the private things that he collected and uh, collected for Steven. Well, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the food. The food? Yeah, Tark, Tark loved cooking food. What was with the food in your secret Eldritch experiments? So, there was, in the secret base, that wasn't Tark's secret secret base, there okay. was um, sentient food that Tark had cultured. And uh, it was basically like little apple and corn, uh, quote-unquote, not people, but like basically animated. Okay. They had, they had free thought, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had their own religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they worshipped the oven, and they believed all people were gods that they were supposed to be fed to. And the oven was the great uh, thing that would transform them into sustenance. And uh, Didn't they have a catchphrase? Or something they'd say? They didn't have a catchphrase, but they would say, eat me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was informed the only way to create them was necromancy, so... Oh! <laughs> That that's funny. So people come and they see the uh, this apple walk up to them and go eat me. Yeah, one of them ate him. It was a tomato, I believe. Oh wow. Uh, I guess. Uh, yeah, that was what a... was what was the goal there? What was the 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 point? Just to see if you could. I mean, yeah, it's just it was just a fun project. Okay, without without a real goal and at the end there, just see if you could animate food that would choose to die. I mean, yeah. Oh. So you weren't going to try and animate food everywhere to cultivate more food. Just like, just to be eaten. Just like uh, one of the experiments that never really got talked about was that uh, there were flies with little human heads on them. That sounds much worse. That was in Tark's um, hidden base. Oh, yeah. It was, it was uh, entirely inspired by one of the, uh, one of the fly movies, the yeah. black and white movies. Not the fly with... Uh, Jeff Goldblum. With Jeff Goldblum. I wish it was inspired by that one, because that one's hilarious. That was pretty good. No, it was the one before that one. Okay. Same principle, um, but sadly the remake went a different way with it. But instead there was a fly that switched with the scientist. So the scientist had a fly head and an arm, but the fly had a human head and an arm. So the scientist couldn't speak anymore, and his thoughts were becoming more and more primitive. Yep. Um, and the fly uh, was becoming more and more sentient and uh, could talk. And it, at the end of the movie, it gets caught in a spider's web. And it's just screaming as the spider's eating it. Yeah. So that inspired that experiment in-game. Because I thought it would be cool to have like, little flies that could spy on people. Okay. But uh, we never got to really go f- super into that. 
Okay. And then uh, I had like a... I had like an ogre whose brain I opened up and like turned into a mindless automaton. Okay. Um, fun fact about the brain, it has no nerve endings. Hmm. So once you pop up in the skull, you can really do whatever you want to it and it, prov it provokes like no reaction. Haunting. Yeah, I guess. So uh, to, to the question I asked uh, earlier as well, uh, how did when Anakis saw how you saw the world... How did that change her, how she treated you, and then how the group drew? Because I'm assuming, uh, I think the way it was explained, the whole group joined minds with you? Or was it just her? Uh, so, this goes to uh, when uh, Tark's backstory came up. Yeah. So, we travel to, uh, it's the high right corner of the map where there's a huge series of floating islands. And there's flying ships, and it's very heavily laden with magic and magic items. Of course. Really a terrific place to visit, but, um... Maybe not a place to stay. Yeah, one of my uh, associates from the past was there. Okay. Terrible with names. But he was a worm that walks, and he was uh, disguised. Uh, worms that walk, walk are um, a huge collection of worms. Okay. Uh, they're given sentiency through arcane means, and they're typically considered uh, abominations. And this one in particular was animated by forces of the Far Realm. Okay. Um, I believe he originally started off as human, but uh, this is what he had become. And he and the fell, for fell forces that he was working with uh, basically were trying to speed up the clock on the end of the world. Okay. Uh, and there was this whole thing where... There were species from the far realm that you couldn't see unless your mind was open, which is a like Tarks, which is a fun way of saying insane. Okay. So we go up there. We end up we're talking to talking uh, to him. We're trying to figure stuff out. Yeah. Uh, and in the meantime, the whole reason we were contacted for this stuff is because during someone else's little backstory, a uh, particularly skilled bowman. Um, uh, what's his name? L. He was named after the um, skunk in uh, Looney Tunes. Oh, oh. Pepe. Pepe. Yeah, Pepe. Really great with a bow. But anyways, we had to go fight a demon siege engine for him. Okay. And we got an elemental chaos core. Okay. Which uh, this guy wanted to use as a um, battery. Needless to say, Tarka... Uh, recognized how dangerous this object was and took the necessary steps. A.K.A. I immediately squandered it. Or not squandered it. I uh, sequestered it. Secured. Yeah, you can say secured. Uh, I took it and I made it far, far away from us. So no matter how the situation went down, uh, it could never fall into the wrong hands. Okay. Uh, the group didn't know I did that until much later. When uh, we showed up to the trade deal with a fake orb, which they thought was real. Um, so, anyways, I think we've gotten a little off track. We go there to do my backstory. We're talking to him. He can't read my mind, but he can, like, read minds passively. Yeah, Tark, Tark has uh, a passive ability. Uh, or actually, is it a ring of mind shielding? It's passive. Okay, passive. He has a passive ability to stop uh, psychic intrusion. Yeah. 
And that helps reduce his psychic damage as well, right? Yes. Okay. It's a fairly, um, fairly passive ability that doesn't come up very often, but when it does, it's fun. Oh, yeah, it's very useful. As, as with most abilities, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. So, um, we're out there. We do a couple little side things, and we have to join minds. And we're doing this, I believe, purely to communicate uh, you know, information to each other while not presenting it to everyone else. Okay. I'm very specific with what I show. But that's when Anakis finally sees through my mind. And that, I think, is the first moment that in-game Anakis goes, oh, like, Tark's not all right. Yeah. Like, something, something's off. Yeah. Uh, there's like there's like something there's some stuff he's not showing us, and that was probably when the first moments of doubt showed up in and, the group. Yeah, yeah, and then you know because Anakis goes like, "Yo, Tark, what was that about?" And I'm like, "What do you mean?" Yeah, it's just normal. That's well, to Tark, it's normal. Yeah, it's nothing I could control. Yeah. So, um, so. They started to uh, distrust you or be just suspicious of you? There was just some small suspicions. Yeah. Uh, and, like, just that you, you were potentially crazy? Yeah, yeah. They, they basically, it, they came to the understanding, like, oh, Tark, Tark is, like, crazy. And the worst part about it was uh, I had access to a very special spell that could give people uh, marks of insanity. And uh, what what spell was this? Um, I don't recall the actual name, uh, but it was a custom-made spell. Oh. It was one of my mystic arcanums. Oh. And I, you know, basically could subject a willing or unwilling participant to marks of insanity. And if you got, like, five marks, you went full-blown psycho. That's it's pretty good. Yeah, it would, it would technically turn a uh, PC into an NPC. So, rough times. Yeah. But, uh... So, so the group was very wary of you from that point on. Yeah, the reason I had to give everyone a mark, because I gave the whole group a mark... Yeah. ...was uh, that they needed it in order to see the eldritch horrors that were hiding around. But uh, this goes to a great segue here. Uh, the group had a great amount of trust in Tark. Yeah. Quite frankly, a, a huge amount. And we were hanging out with the Phantom Rovers. Okay. Which were the big flying pirate gang in the area. They had an island that was at the very edge of the magic ring that held all the islands aloft, and including the ships. Yeah. Meaning you couldn't approach from the back. You had to come from the front, which was what made the island, like, unassailable. Yeah. And then uh, it was us. We were hanging out with uh, Dench, who, who was really cool. He could turn into a dragon. Yeah. Dench, uh, the great pit fighter. Yeah. And then... um. He was also a hell of a sailor. Yeah. So uh, we all we all hanging out, and I was gone, and I come back. Uh, my character hadn't talked to anyone else in the uh, Phantom Rovers. Okay. And they had all come up with this plan in order to take down uh, the the dude, the worm that walks, my backstory guy. Yeah. And uh, I show up, and I just presented a different plan, and everyone in the group went with it. And that 
was something that in game the Phantom Rovers, Ruben, uh, he acknowledged in game how weird that was. Because I had cultivated this this trust. trust yeah, uh, I they they he, they well, I can't remember. I think his name was. Uh, his name was like Torment or something like that. He okay. was, yeah, uh, a tiefling rogue, uh, phantom rover. Yeah, which is actually like a PC's character from a different game. In this yeah, one. Um, and uh, he's like, whoa, whoa, wait, hold on, like this guy just showed up and he just he just talked to you guys for a little bit and then like you all just changed your minds, you know? And, and they're like, yeah, it's Tark. Yeah, and they're like, what's going on with that? And uh, yeah, it was just acknowledged in game, like how weird it was that everyone just went with what Tark said. Yeah. And yeah, I think I think that was also another like seed of doubt where everyone went like, yeah, we kind of just we kind of just keep doing what Tark suggests. Yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> when I think about it. And uh, yeah, that probably didn't help in the long run. Anyways, we end up going with my plan, which yeah. was good plan. Uh, which was, yeah, we do a fake trade-off, and when he guy shows up, we kill him. Yeah. And it ends up working. We end up getting uh, transported to the Far Realm, because we have to kill the guy twice. Yeah. And we end up fighting his big Elder's Horror thing, which I think was like the Black Goat or something like that. Okay. Excuse me. And, uh... uh it, it's... Al- we, I almost got left in the Far Realm. Which would have been a bit of a bitch. Yeah. But uh, I, we, I, we end up uh, figuring it out with uh, one of our transporting coins. And I get transported to the other half of the ship. And then we all get teleported out. So my backstory went off without a hitch. Perfect. Genius. I get informed, hey, there's some items up north in the northern continent that uh, I want from Steven. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, I can take care of that, Steve. And then it's like, oh, and there's another person... Uh, that you need to look after for. I don't think she's going to kill you, but maybe. Uh, and it was basically another one of his employees. Who, okay. And uh, that is yet to be resolved. <laughs> you, you look a little concerned about that. Yeah. Maybe it'll come up later. Who knows? Yeah, might kill me, might not. No. Uh, from what I've gathered, that would be an impressive feat. I am a bit of a motherfucker. Yes. Uh, that's how hashtag Yola would uh, refer to Turk as well. Yeah. So another one of the things is uh, I want to bring up one of Tark's abilities, which also helped push a rift between Tark and the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tark had the ability to uh, thrall people. Yeah. How how did that work exactly? Like, how did you get it? How does it work? Uh, it comes from the uh, great old one, Warlock. And basically any uh, any enemy who is un- either like unconscious or helpless. Yes. You can just walk up touch and they become permanently charmed and there's literally nothing they can do about it okay and yeah when Ruben first asked is like is there like a limit on that or do you just charm the whole party and I, your answer was I don't know we'll oh, my, my, my first answer was like oh yeah I'll charm the whole party if I can yeah when they're asleep when everyone's taking sleep and you're taking watch you're just gonna go boop 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 yeah it was it was hilarious um uh, but then I was then uh, we looked at it just to make triple sure, and it's yeah. like, it, it can only affect one person at a time. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's no problem. Okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, of course, every 
Everyone's like, oh, what the fuck? Did, did Tark thrall us? And they were... I, I remember that being a big point of contention for the group when we talked about it. Yeah. I mean, it was a point of contention. What was what was your response when they asked you, hey, did, did you thrall... Did you thrall me or did you thrall us? He's like, I don't believe you're thralled at this moment. Yeah. It's a, that's a, it's a very, very good answer. Yeah, it's very, very political answer. Yeah, at the moment. Yeah, I don't believe it. It implies that they, they could have been thralled in the past or they will be thralled in the future. Yeah. I mean, I'm not implying that I thralled them. Yeah. They, they could have been thralled by anybody. Yeah, you don't know. But ultimately, did you you did thrall them, yeah? At some point, individually? I talked with Ruben about that. Uh, if any of them could be useful for my plans. Uh, and I believe I ended up not thralling any of them. Oh. Like, actually. Good. Well, I mean... And if I were to thrall any of them, I would thrall Mayumi. Yeah, because she's, she's by far... I mean, I hate to say it, the most useful. Yeah, she's a healer. She's the healer. She was the healer of the party. Of the realm. Yeah, yeah, she was uh, the great healer. Like, she's, the, I believe, the highest level cleric that's ever been in any of the games. Yeah. And, and she's also a life cleric. Yeah, which, which is the best healing cleric. Yeah, just straight out. Yeah. So, let's talk about when Tark went to the south. Okay, so, we ended up, I believe his name was uh, Human Cost. Okay. Yeah, he was a merchant prince. And the South is ran by this cabal of merchant princes. So, I know you hate the word cabal, because every time I use it, it makes you think of the, the cabal. But, uh, anyways. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, they, I don't know, they're just a bunch of merchant princes. They control the economy through commerce, of course. Yeah. And, so, and the South has its own rules on magic. Oh, yeah, yeah, tremendously annoying rules. Yeah, like, uh... You can't cast above third level without yeah. pinging these towers that basically triangulate location, and then they send a Saturian after you. And a Saturian is nothing to sneeze at. They are big. They the, are... They are essentially immune to magic. Yeah, they are mage killers. Needless to say, I'm a warlock. And at that level, every spell I cast is fifth level. Yeah. Just, just is. Yeah. So, uh, we end up, we end up getting, uh, little marks, and I get, like, some fake papers of, uh, oh yeah, it's, a, I'm allowed to do this shit. Okay. And, uh, you know, I do, I do, like, slightly clever things where, like, I, I, like, loosened my, uh, leather gauntlet to put a fake brand on, because, uh, they were doing this whole thing where you, you know, Anyone who joins the black market of the South has to be branded. Yeah. Uh, for, you know, secrecy purposes. So I tried to I tried to fake it by like loosening my gauntlet a little and presenting it forward. Uh, and there's a guy's like, ah, nice try, pal. And I'm like, yeah, it was worth a try. And then I put it, I put the brand on the bottom of my foot so people wouldn't see it. And uh because everyone else just, like, got it on their hand. What can I say? I'm a smart guy. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, we were down there. We had this whole series of adventures. Uh, we end up... There's a guy down there, and he's the only dude in the world that we're aware of 
who can do like spell scrolls of like six level and higher. Okay. Uh, so um, before we ran into him, though, we uh, we were doing like adventures, trying to figure out like you know what's what's the going on about. We end up we end up discovering that oh no, it's, his name was Skylor Skylar Magica, the uh, I think merchant Shylor Shylor Shylor. Yeah, he oh, real prick. That's that's what I gathered. Yeah. Anyways, uh, he was ba- basically uh, leveraging his position and power to make a wish cannon. Okay. That could cast endless wish spells at no cost to himself, and this was a whole thing with Anakis, because her pink, her pink uh, hippo was actually a the child of Gaia, and not a child of Gaia, but like a like a avatar. Avatar, yeah. Avatar of Gaia. One of her, one of her special little animals. That's why it was like a big pink hippo. Yeah, and uh, you know he, I believe he kidnapped it. And there's this, there's this whole. Th- he also attacked us at our home base. There's this whole thing uh, with he used them to power the wish cannon. So we were, we were. I don't want to say we were doing it all for Anakis, but basically, when I found out he was making a wish cannon. I'm like, no, this guy has to go. Yeah, that is one of the problems that changes the status quo. Yeah, that would that would be uh, horrible for the whole world. Like, like, no one could be responsible with that power. No. I mean, they'd start out trying to do, if they want to, trying to do good, but then it would eventually devolve into, you know, I want this. I'll take this. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, 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 you know, it starts off where you're killing mobsters because you know they're bad guys, and then you kill your neighbor because his dog shits on your lawn. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, we end up doing a bunch of things. You, you run into a couple of sphinxes. That was run into some sphinxes, and the that sp- was the sphinxes. Uh, they didn't want to talk to me. Well, why not? Um, they couldn't read my mind, and um, I don't think they liked the way I spoke. Uh, very political, yeah. Because uh, from my understanding, sphinxes don't play that game. No, they they didn't want to play my game, uh, and uh, they we were in their lair, so we didn't want to start a fight with them. Yeah, creatures in their lair are just a bitch to kill. Yeah, just so you you did that, you ended up fighting them, you did a thing, you get out. Yeah, we did the whole thing, and the sphinxes were like, "Okay, you're cool, thanks a lot, high five. and we got out of there. Yeah. Uh, so while we we're down there, in order to get to Skylar, we had to talk to this guy, this master of scroll making. Uh, and we had this whole talk to him, and I talk to him specifically, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I basically break it down like this is this cannot happen. You cannot allow this to happen. Uh, we're gonna do what we can to stop it, and um, I mean, if you want to be responsible for like the world ending, yeah, so be it. Uh, in the meantime, we also ran into the black desert scarabs, which were a. Okay. A adventuring guild down there, who ultimately ended up taking the rap for what we did. But basically, we killed a merchant prince, which breaks the Treaty of Green Grass or some shit like that. Yeah, where uh, like the three major continents all agreed not to fight each other. But these characters, including Tark, were technically heroes of the realm, which means we're basically officially recognized as kind of like pseudo state officials. Yeah. So we were we were actively told not to go down there. 
Yeah, don't don't do it. And we were we were sadly not quiet enough while we were <laughs> down there. Because we're so distinctive characters, you know? Yeah, yeah. We well, I mean, if anyone's going to be subtle, it would be Tark. But Tark can't make everyone subtle. Yeah, I mean, I can't make I can't make everyone subtle. Yeah. So, so we end up... You end up fighting Shylor. You stop his thing. We kill him. You specifically stop his thing. I specific... I wasn't... I was unfortunately not there for the session. But uh, Ruben uh, played my character by proxy. And he's like, okay, Tark is going to turn off the machine. And uh, that's what Tark eventually did. I think it took like four or five rounds. Yeah. And I had I had a substantial bonus to Arcane, and I we just I couldn't make the check apparently. And uh, yeah, I just I eventually got the machine to turn off. We ended up killing Skylor. Uh, you'll lose you'll lose your dwarf. We uh, yeah, the dwarf ended up dying and losing his soul because to destroy the cannon, you had to basically turn it in on itself. Yeah. And it consumed souls to power itself. Yeah, it was it was weird. There was like what a five percent chance to take his soul specifically. I I don't know. Oh, yeah, but uh, he sh- he apparently rolled for it and got the worst outcome. Could have taken anybody's soul who had died recently, but yeah. it took his. It happens. If only it took uh, Skylor's. A poetic, it would have been. Yeah, it would have been nice. So you do that, uh, and I, I believe we had we had backup. To the East Continent. In your cart. Because this is, this is the story I think it is, right? Yeah. Okay. And so we end up going to visit the king. I think we're invited or something like that. Speaking of which, there's an important thing to note. Why we were doing my backstory. Back up in the floating island bit. Yes. One of the characters, Rubik's. Oh, yes. Yes. Everyone had decided, like, hey, Rubik's, you need to calm the f- down. Which Rubik's has a whole, like... Rubik's has been routinely, like, put down, in particularly by, like, female figures in his lifespan. Yeah. Uh, and, like, and, like, he, in particularly, like, he was he did not like to get shit on. No. And the character was, like, and he, the character was, like, ruthless. Uh, yeah. He, he, and he was played by a guy who, you know, didn't mind being a ruthless son of a bitch. Yeah. Uh, no, no faults against him. Completely understand. No, really, really played the character well. Yeah, and anyways, he, they basically said, "Hey, you, you need to cut your shit out," and he went, "No." And they were like, "You can't, yeah, you know, well, you know, you can't just be like, you can't be like that." And he's like, "Well, then I'm fucking gonna leave." And he left. And Rubik's got up and left. Uh, the the person didn't leave, but Rubik's. The left. character left. Yeah. Yeah, the character left, and he had a shit ton of magic items on him. Uh, including like this awesome devil chain. It was it was cool. Yeah, he had a bunch of really good stuff. Yeah, he was a he was a badass Eldritch Knight who routinely fucked everyone up. Yeah, well, not not on the team, of course. But no, anyways, of course not. Uh, I just want I just want to put that out there because of something that happens here real quick. Yes. Okay, so we go back up to the east, and we get summoned by the king. By the king. I mean, I'm pretty sure we were summoned, and we get to the point where we're entering the castle grounds. And we're all looking around and like, kind of getting. I would use the term surrounded. Okay. And you're still in the cart at this point, yeah. Yeah, everyone's in the cart, and we're being. I would use the word arrested. Okay. And I immediately connect the dots, and I'm like, okay, yeah, this this can't happen. So I, 
uh, turn myself in corporal, because yep. that's a spell. And I phase through the bottom of the cart, and I phase out and go to the city. Now, in a previous character named Parason, <laughs> who, yep. who also uh, had a, a falling out with the group of the Heavy Notes, which was a totally different story. Yeah. Uh, but it's important for context here, because everyone heard about it. Yeah, she ran. And I, she that was her whole character, was that she ran away from her problems. Yep. Uh, so when her backstory actually came up, and I, I assume Ruben was thinking I was going to interact with it, I was like, no, my, my character is scared of her background, doesn't want to speak to her family or her people. She's going to physically run away. And she succeeded. And she physically ran away. from people. With... From people on Stagback, which yeah. was really impressive. And and she the big the big thing here is she had g- the group loot. Yeah, she was the she was the fucking she literally was the pack mule for the whole team. So she had a bunch of gold, she had a bunch of magic items, you know, yeah, just she, whatever she, the party didn't want to hold on themselves. So I I she literally ran. She then went to a went to a, the two NPCs that we were taking with us, which was um the girlfriend of one of the characters, and then the pseudo-child, shh, Doug. Uh, and uh, I, I paid for them to get on an airship, and they went one way, and I went the other. Okay. Uh, just to lead the false trail. Uh, so, Ruben had, like, a, a pre-context of what I would do. Yeah. But that was a totally different character, whose mind did not work like Tark's. Yes. So what Tark did... Went in corporal, left. I, t- I told them, like, don't worry. You know, if things go sideways, I'll be for you. I, I disappeared. It popped back up, and he's like, so you just, like, go run into the woods and ditch? And I'm like, no, that's fucking stupid. I turn myself corporal again. I use alter self. I change into a half-elf. Yeah, and he uses it uh, as the eldritch invocation, al- yeah. alter self, that yeah, he yeah. can cast at will. Yeah, yeah. I take off my armor, put it away. I put on some common clothes. I pack my stuff up. I cast non-detection on myself. I go. I charter a, a little shitty stage wa- st- stage wagon to take me to some shitty village. And you know, uh, every every like whatever minutes, I ritualistically cast um, you know non-detect magic so no one can find me. Yeah. And then like, you know, I also will use like scrying to see what's going on with the guys. And I effectively dropped off the face of the earth. Yeah, you f- you disappeared. I also had, I believe it's called guile, which means I can't fail a speech check. And I, I anything I say... A uh, glibness. Glibness. Anything I say will come up as true, even if magically detected. Yeah. And uh, how did the group feel about that moment? I think it was in that moment everyone realized that that was a pre-planned escape... Escape... That I I had that thought out very methodically, and I also saw like a recognition in like Ruben's eyes of like, oh yeah, yeah, like he's gone. He, he's gone. I believe, I believe he used the quote like, it would take the red the red wizard council to find you, and they you know don't care about you. So. No, they care about a world and not not not. Country ending, nation ending, they care about planet ending. Yeah, which is why me and them would get along. Yeah. Anyways. So, uh, so they're, they, they, they look at you with this look in their eyes yeah, like, they, this they, is some shit. Yeah, they, they thought I, well, they thought like, oh, he abandoned us. 
Uh, anyways, they end up being put on trial. And it was because of what I said to the scroll guy <laughs> that he protests on their behalf that it was the black scarabs that did it. And he says, I don't recognize any of these people in this room. And uh, that uh, basically, by the way, uh, Skylore ended up getting like resurrected. But that signed his death warrant. Yeah, he got put on trial as well. He got put on trial, and I'm pretty sure he's fucking dead. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, they they were, I guess, a little incensed of how quickly I abandoned them. And I'm like, come on, guys. Glossing over the fact that you basically saved them. Yeah, glossing over the fact, one, it was my word that saved us, and two, if the king killed you guys, I would have killed the king. Yeah. And, um... I think that's when the first out-of-game comment that really bothered the group showed up. Because they were like, what, what, you're just going to kill Midas and take his place? And, and, this, and I love yeah. this. And what did you say? I, I say they say, oh, so you're going to kill Midas and become king? And I said, uh, this was out-of-game. I didn't say this in-game because Tark is too smart to say this. I said, do you know how much power I would have to give up to be a king? And... Flashing red lights going off, sirens. They're yeah. like, oh Every, no! Everyone, everyone was getting like pretty alarmed by that statement. I don't know why. Because I mean, I mean, we had like a, we had several people with us that were pretty shifty. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, after that, they effectively didn't trust you, correct? I don't think they trusted me after that. They were quite bitter. Um, and so we'll we'll we'll, we'll kind of get to some other key moments. Well, uh, so, so I think that I think that leads up to a key moment. Yeah, and that's when we were once again we were attacked at home base. And while we were attacked at home base, uh, there were had all these bodies just lying around, and they knew a guy, which alarmed Tark, because this is a guy they met before. Before Tark. So Tark didn't know about this guy. Yeah, I did not know about this guy. And uh, this was a, this was before we went to the south and everything, because we had to we had to play cleanup. Yeah. Um, this guy shows up, and he is like half-skeleton. He has like a little skeleton tattoo on his forehead of like a little skull, and he has like these two like flesh hemoths with him, Okay. And, like, he shows up with a bunch of, like, zombies and skeletons, and he takes these dead bodies off our hand and pays us for them. And we met this guy. And I'm like, okay, first off, in the terms of the law of the land where we are, this is illegal. Okay. Like, th this, this is, like, way fucking illegal. First off, you're not supposed to even make zombies. Uh, there are necromancy spells that are okay. Yeah, revivify. Yeah, like stuff that. like that. But, like, you're not supposed to raise dead. Yeah. Which, I, I get it. Okay. I mean, technically, Tark had a spell that made skeletons. But. <laughs> he wasn't so open about it. Yeah, yeah. I did that very carefully, and I always destroyed the undead afterwards. Yeah, isolated situations. Isolated. This guy actively, like, had an undead army going on. Okay. And two, I'm pretty sure this guy was already an outlaw. Who they took a bribe from beforehand and just got magic items from him and just left him. Then they called him to sell him corpses. And we had a pretty decent style of corpses from this assault on our base. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, uh, he left. And I turned to the whole group and I was like, that guy has to go. 
he 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 for one he's a danger to us politically because he can blackmail us and two he's a danger in general yeah he's he's full on becoming a lich look at him we, we can't leave this guy around he's going to be, i wouldn't mind if he was a lich if he could control himself but it's clear that this guy you know he has a fucking screw loose and and what was what was their response? They basically had a nonchalant response about it. Like, oh, oh, it's, it's fine. fine. We can deal with it when it comes a problem. Yeah, when it's a problem, we'll we'll kill him. And I'm like, the fuck. Anyways, and, and Tark's going. Do you know how hard it is to kill a lich? It's pretty difficult. He sends his phylactery to a demi plane or something because he can get a spell like that. Obviously, uh, I don't. I think it has to be on the same plane of existence as you. Does it? Huh. Well, he. Could, I, th- I think. I could be wrong. Well, if, if if it does, he can still just kind of they, send it or hide it somewhere. Yeah, they they I know they changed the rules, which was very annoying. Yeah, when it comes to liches. So so, so I, there's there's that. Yeah, I thought I thought okay, that's a bit of an issue, but Tark's a smart man. I didn't start a problem within the group. Yeah, and I, I essentially just put that note in my pocket, put a pen in it. Yeah. So uh, it gets to the part where again I'm gone for a session, and. Logan, who is such a character and uh, onto himself because he's fucking loony. Yeah, he, uh, he he's they, he's an agent of chaos. That's for sure. They end up discovering my uh, my secret hideout, which was in the kitchen. the The doorway was in the kitchen because I Tark was in the kitchen all the time. Yeah, because I was a cook. Yeah, which is a great way to break water with any culture because cooking is universal. Yeah, everyone likes food. Everyone likes food. Simple fact. So Tark uh, made his secret doorway in the kitchen. And Lockett was just exploring the whole house. Yeah, the compound. Because Lockett on a heart was uh, a curious cat. Literally a cat. Quite literally a cat person. And Logan literally made him to break into places. He was terrible in combat. Oh, yeah. Uh, But he was so good at breaking in and getting out of places. Now, anyways, he finds it. He ends up telling everyone. Okay, not a big deal. Then they go down there. They're seeing all the shit. Yeah, and they've the fl- the, the, been, the 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 vegetables freak them out. Yeah, the vegetables freak them out. Even though Lockett ate one, and you know all the other weird stuff that's down there. They found my, they found they they they're convinced it was a sex dungeon. It was not a sex dungeon. That's a Logan thing. Logan Logan always has something like that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they 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 go in there. Really, it was just a dark room. Yeah, with like. It looked almost like rippling walls that led to a hallway that led to a dead end with a chair. Yeah. And Tark, Tark would go into that room and sit down in his chair and just stare into the void and then, you know, just chill out. Yeah. Uh, there was nothing weird. <laughs> there were some weird things, but it's not important. Yeah, I mean, there's some weird things. I mean, yeah. there was like a tentacle monster in a pond. It was great stuff. Yeah. Uh, little, little food people that wanted you to eat them. Anyways, um, they end up, again, Lockett, Logan, I don't know how the fuck his brain works, but he goes to the kitchen that's hidden beneath the kitchen, and he thinks to himself, he probably has another secret door in here. I don't know why he thought that. Was he wrong? No, it was absolutely true. But I I thought it was... The the logic wasn't there. I thought it was so absurd, like, yeah, no one's going to look for the secret door in the kitchen twice. But Logan, his brain was like, yeah, that makes total sense. Uh, I think I think it really grinds your gears because he was right. It was very annoying. 100,000 100, IQ play. There. So they start going down the staircase, and 
I'm like, all right, there's there's going to be warnings and because yeah, you weren't there for that session, correct? I showed up at the very end. Ooh, okay, so which was spicy. So so context wasn't there for most of this. Yeah, I wasn't there for most of this at that and at that time I was playing Hunk, which was the new team tank. I was, you know, a big brawny boy. Yeah, Tark was handling business. Business. Yeah, as he does. And then uh, so they 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 ask it they. Get down there. There's a warning, like, "Hey, yo, if it's you guys, you know, don't go any further." It's dangerous. And then uh, they get down to where the first trap is, and the first trap was just plane shift. Uh, to which plane? The plane of fire. Wonderful. Who who triggered that? Uh, I believe Logan did because he was scouting for traps. Yeah. And uh, it almost killed him. If he didn't, if he didn't pass his save, he would have been teleported to the plane of fire and died. And died, pretty much in because I mean he'd have no way back. Okay. Uh, so they get past that, they get further down there, and there's... There's more magic mouths. Uh, I don't think so. No, that, only the one that says, hey, turn back, this is dangerous. I think there was two that say, like, hey, go turn back. Oh, hey, if it's you guys, you know, to talk to me. Don't don't go any further. Yeah. Uh, uh, but they, they didn't trust you, so they're like, fuck this. Yeah, they just kept going, and they get down there, and there's, I believe, a trio of ghosts that approaches them. And that's when they started noticing, like, the weird stuff. Like, the walls become copperish. And uh, I had it all written down on that piece of paper for yeah. a And um, basically, they I, I show up. I'm playing Hunk. And I, so I just get ready to fight ghosts. Yeah. And uh, they, end up, they end up calling Tark and talking to him. And they say, hey, we found the secret basement. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's no issue. That's, that's just a place for us just in case anything happens or, you know, anybody we meet. And then they go like, no, uh, we found the other basement. I go like, oh, okay. Well, listen, uh, don't go down there. We're already down there. Okay. Uh, look, I mean, like, it's nothing big. It's just my private area. Get out of there, you know. And, um, well, um, I believe it's Mayumi I'm speaking to because she's using sending and such. Yeah. And uh, they basically say, "Oh well, hey, we need to uh, we need to talk about this." I think it's how they said it, though. Yeah, and it was in the <laughs> it was in the tone, the way it was spoken. That I think, with a passive insight of like eight, uh, you could tell like that's not good. No. And I said, "No, I don't think that would work out." And uh, they were like, well, no, we uh, like, you know, we uh, like, for, first off, like some crazy shit's going on down here. And, uh, you know, uh, we need to, you know, sort this all out. And I go like, me alone in the room with you guys, I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah. And they go like, well, you know, we'll tell people about this. And I go like, if you do that, I will tell Midas about your deal with the Lich. Yeah, Midas is the king, by the way. We never actually mentioned it by name. Yeah, Midas is the king of the East. The big king. The guy. Yeah. And uh And he's not he's not like a wimpy king. He is he's never been defeated in battle. Yeah, he walks he's, walks around in power armor. He basically has magically enchanted power armor and Midas is a badass. Anyway. So you'll say you'll tell Midas. Yeah, I go like I'll tell Midas about your deal with the Lich. And that that made the whole table go, hmm. And I go like it's like, you guys can lie about it if you want, but all I have to do is tell the truth. Yeah. And, like, Midas ain't no slouch when it comes to weeding out the truth. 
No, Midas does his due diligence, but he needs to. Yeah. Not to mention, it's like, you know, six people. They all have to pass, like, a disadvantage check in a zone of truth yeah. against Midas's insight. Uh, um, and there are probably going to be other people there as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it would, needless to say, mathematically it, improbable that it yeah. wouldn't get sorted out. Yeah. And meanwhile, they're going to look at me and I'm speaking the truth, baby. Yeah. And uh, needless to say, that quelled them into submission. I basically just blackmailed the whole group. Yeah. And then... Uh, and that's when they were like, okay, well, you know. And I'm like, listen, I'll take care of it. I'll make it disappear. I talked to Ruben outside about the whole underground base. So what happens is it crawl, it crawled out. Quite speed. Yeah. The, the secret base, but crawled out from underneath the guild hall. Floated up. It's this big copper tentacled ball of lead and copper, and it looks weird. And it floats up. Yeah. And that's it. It just floated away. And then they put Hunk to work uh, filling in the hole, which was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and that was the last uh, they really uh, got to hang out with Tark. Yeah. And, and then after that, they uh, they kicked him out of the group, right? He was officially kicked out of Hashtag Yellow Squad, which was hilarious because of what happened with Ruben Rubik's. Okay. Uh, but before we get to what happened to Rubik's real quick, uh, what was another thing? Because it wasn't just that that they kicked him out. It was because of the... Embezzling, correct? Yeah, so, well, after they figured out with the secret basement, they, well, went, okay, well, someone has to take over what Tark used to do. So, so, so someone went over the books. Yeah, someone went over the books, and despite the fact that a net profit was made. Yeah. Uh, they found out uh, exactly how much money I was... Siphoning. Not siphoning. Spending uh, on the guild's behalf. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, yeah, you, there, there was a personal retainer for myself. Does the, I mean, what, what, I, what, you what, get what paid, is the number? You get paid for work. Yeah, what's, what's the number, though? Oh, I was like, I don't know, like, I think it was like 100000 or something like that. Just 100000 I thought it was more than that. Yeah, it's it's difficult to remember. Oh, Ruben. Convenience. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, when they hear this, they're going to be like, that motherfucker's just, just lowballing that number. Yeah, you could say that if you want. It's it's difficult to remember. It happened so long ago. Yeah. Who, who cares about these minor details? It, it really is minor. I mean, yeah. look at the benefit. Yeah. Anyways. So, uh, they, they, so after that, they were pretty... Where, where did the ball go, the, the base, exactly? It went up. It's How? in space. It's in space. So yeah. you have an orbiting satellite. Uh, you, can, you could say it's that. Okay. And a Tark... Tark goes there and handles business. Yeah. Uh, so, and then, uh, what is what is Tark doing now? Ooh. Um, All right. If you if you don't want to say, if you want to keep it, you know, hush hush. I understand. Oh uh, no what, no. What can you tell us? I mean, it's uh, I don't know. You might end up editing this out. You might want to ask the boss about that one, being Reuben. Okay. But uh, Tark. Participated in a series of events that were to organize the secession of a new king. Okay. Um, so, uh, I had a idea <laughs> involving a Dyro Torbo. 
uh, one of the political figures on the council for the king. Okay. He's a very injured man, uh, but he's not um, he's not crafty dis- in in despite of his injuries. He's okay. uh, crafty because of them. He's a rogue that has learned through a considerable amount of experience and personal expense, okay. uh, both you know, uh, physically and financially. And he's risen to this position. And um, he basically has nurtured a replacement for the king. And uh, I thought it was a, a unique thing, and I asked Ruben about it. And I don't know how much of it he's truly implemented. Okay. Um, but uh, I know it's there in the background. And that was one of the things, like, when uh, all the characters in Yolo Squad met the council, uh, like, Dairo Torbo, like, acknowledged Tark's presence, which I think was another little red flag for the group. They're like, how do you know him? And I'm like, oh, you know, just business. Yeah, just a, just a dude. Yeah, it's just a you know, political figure. And, like, my character Shugar also knew Tark. Yeah. And they were all part of this conspiracy. Okay. And so Tark and Dairo and, of course, my own machinations came up with a a plan. The plan was to make a man appear to be the new hero. Okay. Make him look like the next Midas. Because Midas ain't getting any younger. No. And And he doesn't have... Uh, a chosen heir yet, correct? Not, not to my understanding. Okay. And, and and by heir, we mean someone to succeed him on the throne. He and has it, his own children, though. Yeah, and again, like, like uh, there is this uh, scheme going on. Yeah. And it's, uh, uh, you know, Ruben asked me about it, like, how would it happen? How would you break it down? And uh, basically, uh, it was a series of uh, making... The appearance of a famine, okay, uh, which would then be solved by this group that Tark eventually became a part of, because uh, he was a hero of the realm and he got kicked out of hashtag Yellow Squad. Yeah, and then um, basically, Tark became the. He basically does what he does. He he became the envoy between people. He had developed a secret cipher. Which I actually ended up making one on a little circle. It was kind of neat. Nice. And uh, he basically was, uh, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say master of secrets, but... He was like a spy master. Yeah, he basically just handled all the information going in between parties with this cipher that he made. And then uh, there was a group that was the group that worked with the hero... And they were going to promote him as a hero. He, it was going to look like this group with this man leading it were solving the problems. And this man was, uh, I believe his name was Linus. Okay. Which um, I think is Roman for butcher, which is real fun. Linus. And uh, he, uh, he working, with, uh, working with this group, went around and solved all the problems. But the solutions were pre-planned. Whereas the problems were pre-planned to fail. And that was the other group. They... So... So this other group was... uh, They were designed to... Well, not designed. They were recruited to make chaos. 
and uh, it was a series of organized events, you know? Yeah. What looks like the outbreak of a plague, an undead, really was just careful makeup, a couple of resurrection spells in the right spot, or I'm sorry, raised dead spells in the right spot, and, you know, a couple people dying. Yeah. And then uh, there was a series of, you know, assassinations against political targets that would look like they were part of a demonic cult. And then, uh, you know, the appearance of what would be a famine, but it's not actually a famine. Yeah. It's simply the capture and relocating of supplies, which would then arrive late. Meanwhile, supplies the good group brought in arrive, quote-unquote, on time. Yeah. Basically, I wanted to make controlled chaos. Yeah. And uh, that was the... You wanted, to, you wanted to cause a problem and then promote this guy as solving the problem. Yeah, yeah. It was it was relatively a simple, just, I guess, uh, how do you want to put it? Not false flag. Maybe false flag. Yeah. But it was just... A red herring. It was, uh, yeah, it was promoting a guy as a hero. And there was, of course, danger involved. But that's the whole point. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, uh, it would end with a, uh, Tark summoned a series of Cambian demons, uh, to, uh, be kind of like little bosses for the guy to beat. They're not super dangerous, but no. they were, they were there. Yeah. And actually YOLO squad killed one of them. Um, they had no idea that that was Tark's <laughs> fault. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just, yeah, it was, yeah, I mean, they were, they were relatively dangerous. Yeah. And Tark, through a mass, being the master of spoken word, I mean, uh, these, quite frankly, these demons didn't stand a chance. No, Tark. God, no. I mean, between, uh, you know, summoning them, uh, negotiating pat- a deal with negotiating them. Negotiating the deal with them. He had glibness, which means he can't fail the speech check. Yep. And then also, uh, he would summon them inside a circle, basically, you know, inform them what the what the result of this could be. You know, they're going to die on this plane, but they could have quite a bit of fun beforehand. Yeah. And, you know, anything they take with them is theirs. And then, you know, positioning them carefully in places. This this arranged a pretty good deal. And uh, Rubens brought it up uh, in-game to other characters. Like, oh, yeah, like, this guy's doing really well. And, uh, you know, it's it's only come up in passing. Yeah. And then Yellow Squad went into the Umber Dungeon, which I guess him com- them coming out would maybe be shown the final results of this plan. Yeah. You know, assuming all the plan went together all well. And of course, like any good plan, it has a fully constructed fall guy, which hopefully would die by Midas' hands himself. Yeah. Gotta pay, tri- gotta pay tribute to the original. Yeah. Uh... And then uh, the whole, you know, I, I developed, quote-unquote developed. It's not developed. It's, it's, really, it's really just something from a, another one of the older books. And it was a unique poison you put on someone's eyes that kept their soul from coming back and prevented people from speaking to them beyond the grave. Oh. And that would, that would basically secure that man's uh, secret. And, yeah, uh, Dairo Torbo uh, nurtured this man's quote-unquote hatred for Midas. And, uh, yeah, I, it was a fairly well-thought-out thing. Again, I don't know how much of it uh, Ruben's going to implement. Yeah. 
But uh, that's up to Ruben. Yeah. But uh, Tark, Tark is technically taking uh, part in that. And it's all for his own personal gain. And if things ever went tits up, I mean, Tark will just disappear again. Yeah, and he'll be practically impossible to find. He'll he'll disappear into the tax ether, you know. He he's nebulous. Yeah. He's the gray man. He he could be anywhere. He could be anyone. I uh, you know, within reason. Yeah. And that well, that was another thing. Tark was very careful when dealing with people. Like you would arrive at a pre-meet location and you would just hear Tark's voice in your head. And then cuz you know, Tark could just do that. Yeah. You just talk to people's voices there. They can't respond to him. Yeah. Which but he a, can hear them. But They but, can hear them. Sorry. But he would instruct them just to make simple actions like turn your cup sideways if you agree. And then, you know, you would take steps from after that. And I also asked Ruben, like, what's the odds of Tark being able to just kill a bandit camp by himself? And, uh, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, Tark... Tark at this level could definitely take on some bandits, no problem. Yeah, Psychic Scream. I didn't get to Psychic Scream yet. I'll, I'll have to ask him if I finally got there. But again, like, I put a lot of thought into each little piece of what Tark got. Yeah. Because, like, I took uh, Ghostly Gaze so I could see through walls. And then I wanted to take Psychic Scream. Because it's only a visual component. Yeah. You need to be able to see. Yeah, I just need to see the enemy. So if I could see an enemy through a wall, you know, I could eliminate... Rivals. Yeah. Their heads just went... Yeah, anyone who's seen season two of The Boys. Yeah, heads just pop. And uh, people go like, what happened? And it's like, oh, I wasn't even in that room. I have no idea. I have no idea. And Tark could be disguised as someone else as it happens. Tark, Tark is disguised as someone else fairly often. Yeah. He Again, Tark... Again, people got scared of Tark, and I can understand why they did. I, again, but... Again, like, when Tark left the group, I, I gave him a letter saying, like, hey, first off, Mayumi, you need to be very careful because you are the realm's great he healer. And in the future, I see, like, I see, you know, that you will be needed. And then, uh, secondly, I was like, if you all ever truly need me, uh, I will return. Because, again, like, I, I never made any action against the party. Uh, no, no, but they uh, they don't trust you. I mean, no, no offense, out of game. That's it. It is incredibly wise to not trust Tark. No, but they they hundred percent. If they get the chance, I think they've said they would try and kill Tark. Oh yeah, I believe that. I don't believe they'd ever say that while I'm in the room. No, God no. But uh, just uh, again, insight check. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they would. Yeah. Uh, so which is why I'm like, dude, if they ever did ask Tark for help, I would. I would take it under a lot of scrutiny. Yeah. And that it would have to be under very specific conditions that, as well. That shit would go through a filter, I guarantee you. Yeah. So that it would be such a good filter, it would come out clear water on the other side. But yeah, Tark, Tark I took a lot of uh, thought into what Tark would be. And again, he's a character that's very opposite of j even me. Yeah, you're, a lot of your characters are very... Um, well, they're meat for the most part. Yes, I end up playing mostly barbarians. Again, that's because most people want to be spellcasters and they want to have their cool tricks. And I mean, not not to not to bring up a name under scorn, but Crichton's always playing a rogue. 
so like, that's great. Uh, who here is a fighter or a paladin or, or a barbarian or a barbarian? And it's like, there's no, you know, there's no schmeat. Yeah, no, nothing to take the damage. Yeah, I we need we need someone who takes a brick to the face, which is why I made hunk for oh, yeah. hashtag yellow squad. He was just a he was just a sack of hit points. Oh yeah. And he, you know, he's built like a power lifter. Yeah, boy can, boy can lift an immovable rod. I moved an immovable rod as hunk, yes. And uh it went far, but you moved it. I moved it. It, it I believe it strictly says like to move it like you know, like a foot. Like a foot. You have to make like a DC like 25 strength check or some yeah. shit like that. Or 30. And uh, I rolled and I moved. I rolled a natural 20. So I, I like did a full curl uh, with both hands. You know? Both. All right. Without pressing the button. But are, are there any other questions you have for me? Uh, no. I think we covered a lot of Tark. How, how he was made, his concept, his, his patron, his powers, his goals, uh, fun stories that happened. Uh, do you have, you, you, you've mentioned moments that were Tark moments, uh, the orb or the carriage escape, which was really good. I think, personally, if I had to pick one, I had to say that's probably the, the Tark moment. Um, yeah, the Tark moment, I think, was the orb, because... Um, uh, the DM, Ruben, had to ask me to step outside and ask me what I was doing. And I was like, listen, the, both the players and their characters don't know that I switched it. And that guy reads minds. So I say that I'm going to turn it over to him in confidence, in private. And then I, you know, I talk to these guys, and these guys know they have it. And so he reads their mind thinking, okay, I know where it is. And I know these guys are guarding it. And Tark says he can bring it to me. And then I bring up like, oh, hey, like guys, we could, we could do a trade-off. And like they all agree to it. And they know that they have the orb. Yeah. Meanwhile, they don't know that it's all fake. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Ruben had to bring me outside. He's like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, and I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, yeah, I'm bluffing with them because I can't bluff myself Yeah. because he, he can't check me, which means he's just going to inherently not trust me, but he can check them and they are making this bluff for me. Yeah. Which they hundred percent believe, which they hundred percent did. I sold that. Yeah. And uh, he's like, he's like, damn, that's good. Yeah. And yeah. I, uh, also I would say the, one of the great Tark moments was when I blackmailed the whole group. Oh yeah. And they, they still haven't recovered from that. No, no, I we hear about it a lot. We I it's the not, group the group talks about Tark a lot. It's not it's, well, maybe not a lot, but when brought up, they they have some choices. It's not say. like they've gone and killed the Lich since then, which they should have done before we went into the freaking Umber Dungeon. Yeah, uh, kill the Lich, no proof. And again, I am so disappointed. Tark did not go into the Umber Dungeon. I think it was a good thing uh, because one, there would have been no escape for Tark. Oh, like, no, it would have been easy. The, fir the first thing of the Umber Dungeon was a, again, I'm playing I'm playing hunk when we're in the Umber Dungeon, so I'm supposed to be Dumb. an idiot. I I have a six intelligence. Yeah. I do not think creatively. Tark would have fucking wrecked that shit. First thing I would have done, I would have gone in Corporal. I would have scouted out the whole dungeon. Yeah. You know, there's other people at the table who are supposed they're supposed to be the smart people. 
I'm supposed to be the dumb person. Yeah. And they, they for a while were convinced Hunk was actually Tark in disguise. <laughs> they did. They thought that at first. I know they did. Yeah. Because they were like, oh, there's no way. Like, he, like yeah. I, they're like, dude, we're going to be playing one moment. And he's going to cast Eldritch Blast. And I'm like, boy, that'll freak him out one day. Oh, yeah. That's where you, you go to comment, uh, Hunk, where do you uh, cast Eldritch Blast? What? And they go, oh, and then uh, Rudy would be like, uh, you, you try to cast Eldritch Blast because you've seen someone do it, uh, nothing happens. Yeah. yeah. So, um, no, like, they, they, um, they, they did not, uh, again, I think Tark would do terrific in the Umber Dungeon, especially that first floor, because it's a classic dungeon crawl. Yeah. And, uh, and also the group would have listened to me. Uh, yeah, but uh, again, uh, in in character, the uh, the characters had a falling out, yeah. which I mean, sucked. But hey, I wasn't like banned from the table. I mean, no, uh, out of out of game, they all took it in stride. Yeah, except for maybe uh, Jacob, who who, <laughs> who who wanted to kill Tark so bad. Yeah, I believe he still does, and he, yeah, he, he also does. he also tried to kill Hunk through assassination. Yeah. But I think that is all I have. Thank you for joining me, Peyton. Yeah. Uh, can't wait to have you on again. Talk about a different character. Maybe we'll talk about uh, Bebop or maybe Weeb. But that'll be for another time. So again, thanks right. for joining you don't, me. You don't want to talk about Cadillac? No. We'll, we'll let Cadillac's story cook a little more. Cook? Yeah. I don't know. You might not live much longer. Oh, then that'll be a great ending. But... I'm your host, Gabe, and this has been RPG Talk.